Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Introduced by Elaine here. And I'm very honored to once again be able to bring you all the message this morning. So a few years ago, my cousins and I all got together to go see a movie. It was a sequel to a movie that we had all seen as kids and we all really liked it. So we had once again all planned to go see this movie. This movie was none other than Frozen 2. This movie is one of my favorite movies and it was brilliant. It brought back all of my favorite characters from Elsa with her very cool ice powers to Olaf with his cute personality. As I said, it was a sequel to the first movie, so it kind of sets the events prior or after the events of the first one. So the story picks up and everyone is very happy with life. Life is going well and well, Anna and Olaf begin to start singing about how things never change, how there are some things out there that just don't change. And well, that was great all until a voice came, a voice that was calling out. It was calling out to Elsa in particular, and this story was basically set around Elsa trying to discover this voice, find out what it meant and where she needed to go with this voice. So tensions start to rise within Elsa, after hearing this song of how some things never change, it makes you wonder if things are going to actually begin to change in this story. So, being the Disney princess Elsa was, the solution that followed was to break out into song. Now, I'm not going to sing for you all today, but the song that the movie goes into is called Into the Unknown, where Elsa essentially sings about, well, going into the unknown, wanting to chase after this voice, chase after whatever it meant, and to just find out more about who she was. So now with this mysterious voice calling her, and now wanting to go into the unknown, the story is now set. She continues exclaiming about how she wants to follow this voice, that she believes that whatever may be out there is good. So, then the gang decides that they need to go and set off to find out wherever this voice is leading them. So Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, Sven, and Olaf all set out on this journey. And their mission is to discover the origins of Elsa's power and free a magical forest up north. So the gang arrives at this magical forest and upon entering this forest, Olaf, in his typical fashion, begins to spout off about things. And he begins talking about how forests are often times of transition and transformation. That he looks forward to seeing whatever change the group may go through as they journey through this forest. It's a bit funny, because 20 minutes prior, they were just singing about how things never change. And now he's telling us that everyone's going to go through some inevitable transformation or change while in this forest. Everyone looks concerned as he's spouting off. Being a bit worried, Anna vows to protect her sister at all costs. And at the same time, Elsa promises that she wants to protect everyone in her kingdom and everyone in the group traveling. As they enter the forest, they are faced with many challenges, several of which actually put the group in danger. In one instance, Elsa is caught within a whirlwind, and in another, Anna is trapped within a fire. All of this within a matter of minutes. Fast forward a little, a little bit, and the movie continues on. They find a ship, 
It was the same ship that Elsa and Anna's parents actually traveled on in the first movie. After discovering a little bit more about this ship, they find a compartment in the ship which holds a map. A map that shows where they were actually traveling, where their parents planned to go. It turns out that they were looking for a place called Otto Holland. This place was a place that was said to hold all of the answers, not only about the forest, but of Elsa's origins. It turns out that they were looking for Elsa's power's origins. So, seeing this and now finding out that their parents died trying to find out more about Elsa, Elsa begins to freak out, thinking that she was the cause of her parents' death. Anna, hearing all of this, decides to try and talk her out of it, but it didn't work as Elsa inevitably goes on to stick them in a little ice boat that she created and sail them off. After that, Elsa decides to wander on and find Otto Holland. As she finds this place, she finds out that she is not only the fifth spirit of the forest, but she also finds out even more about the forest, and as, why, as to why this forest has been cursed for so long. Determining that she was the fifth spirit, she tries to find out more and more about this forest. She goes on seeking more and more truth. She goes so far that she ends up freezing over. The same way Anna did in the first movie, she's frozen. Then after that, we see our pals Anna and Olaf once again. Now they are trapped within a dark cave with no way out. So they begin looking for a way out, and then Olaf decides that he's going to walk around for a little bit. And he finds light coming from what they presume is an exit, and so they decide to start running towards it. That is, until Anna notices that Olaf is starting to flurry. This isn't normal. Olaf didn't flurry in this movie, and he knows it. Sensing that Olaf was flurrying and that he wasn't feeling well, he could sense that Elsa had gone too far, that she was no longer with them. Noticing this, in their final moments with Olaf, Anna and Olaf decide to have one big final hug. In this moment, Olaf begins to spout off as he typically did. But it was in this final moment that Olaf begins to talk about how, during all of this change in this forest, how everything has seemingly gone wrong, and how everything has changed, and now nothing is normal. There was one thing that remained a constant. One thing that through it all stayed the same. The one thing that was permanent. He said that one thing was love. And now at that, I'm going to stop there and I'm not going to spoil the rest of the movie because <laughs> I spoiled enough. You should go and watch it for yourself if you haven't already. When I was given the idea of change, I thought that that movie would be a good example of it. Because in this story, everyone in that, in that group experienced some form of change. We as people all experience some form of change, whether that's big or small, whether it's the way we dress or the way we style our hair, or maybe it's moving off to college or maybe even moving to a new country. Change can be big or small. It could be internal or outward. Change takes on so many different shapes and forms that it's very difficult to narrow down the idea of change. When simply talking about change, the topic is just so vast. So, when I was first given this topic, I immediately thought big. I thought of what it was like for when I, was gra when I had graduated and I had moved off to college. What was that like? Well, that change for me changed everything. Everything in my life had changed all within a matter of months. Everything in my life was completely different. 
the place I lived was different, the place I was studying was different, everything. The places I ate, the places I hung out with friends, completely different, in a new place. I was no longer living in the same house I had for years. I was miles away in a completely new place. Everything I had normally done felt like routine and now that was completely different. And I'm sure each of you here today have experienced something similar, where you go from a place of a normal, an everyday norm, to somewhere that's, well, completely new and completely different. If you haven't experienced that, well, I'm sure you will at some point, because change is inevitable. Other times with me, in the, exa in the example of me moving off to college, I knew the change was coming, and sometimes you may not know the change is coming. But with that change that I knew was coming, I had a little bit of time to prepare. But during all of that preparing, I did one thing wrong. Now I'll get back to that here in a second, I'll tell you what I did wrong, but for now I want to take a second to introduce our scripture. This passage from 1 John, these two verses, are one of my favorites. Anytime I've ever been asked who God is, or what is God, I often point to these two verses. Not because it tells us we need to go out and love, but because it tells us of who God at his core is. It tells us that God at his core is love. So what is love? Well, in my experience, the definition I'm going to give you, once again, comes from my favorite snowman, Olaf. Who says, love is putting someone else's needs before yours. And to be honest, that does remind me of a certain someone. A certain God that we have. One that loves us so much that he was willing to put everything down just for us. I mean, think about it. Think about it in your life. How many times has he put your needs before his? How many times have you screwed up and he's still been there with open arms, waiting for you to come to him and to let him take that burden off you? In my life, it's countless. Hundreds, probably thousands at this point. But this God that we have, who is willing to sacrifice himself for the forgiveness of all of our sins, for all time's sake, that is a God that loves us. So when I point to this passage, I make sure to bring that up. He wouldn't have died for us if it wasn't for him willing to give up everything for us, to put our needs before his. So during all of that change, when I moved off to college, I told you I messed up on something. And that one thing that I messed up on was that I shoved aside my focus on God. See, I figured I could be the one that could prepare myself for that change, when in reality I needed to just give that up. I was the one that thought that I could do it, but I couldn't. God wants to take that burden, he wants to take whatever is struggling, and he wants to take it for you. He wants to be the one to help you, because he loves you. The one thing that I messed up on was not genuinely spending time with God. See, the thing is, the thing that I learned through all of that, is that you have to just as I call it, kill time with God. Tell him everything. Let him into your life on every last little detail. See, once I realized that, well, I hadn't been genuinely spending that time with him, I realized that was the problem. That I wasn't telling him everything. That I wasn't letting him into my everyday life. 
And once I started actually doing that, things became a lot brighter. Things started to look up. The struggles I had faced in that change began to seem like they weren't struggles at all. Like everything was starting to work out. Because I was starting to kill time with God. See, the thing is, is that God loves us. And he wants to spend time with us. And you can't spend time with someone if they don't want to willingly spend time with you. And if you love someone, you want to spend as much time with them as possible. Without being pushy, obviously. And God isn't the pushy type, not typically at least. There are times when he can be, I'm sure. But when it comes to him loving you, he's not going to force that love on you. You have to accept that. And the thing about that is you have to genuinely accept it and you have to chase after it. Because if he loves you, he is always sitting there waiting for you with open arms, genuinely wanting to spend time with you. So if you want to spend time with him, then do it. I don't think that there's any time that he's ever been there where he doesn't want to spend time with you. He wants to know everything. Because he's there for you in that season of change. He knows whatever change is going to lie ahead of you. And he knows whatever change is going to be behind you. He's been there and he's seen it all. He knows everything that's going to happen before it even happens. Knowing God is there for you in a season of change, knowing he is going to be there to do everything possible for you, just to make sure that you are going to be okay through that season of change, knowing that simply is a relief. He does all of this because of this one truth. The one truth that God loves you. He's never going to stop loving you because I don't think he had that intention whenever he sacrificed his son for us. I believe that him doing that shows that he is going to love you no matter what you may do. Change is going to come around, big or small. But if you just tell God about it, if you talk to him and just kill that time with him, tell him about every last little detail that has happened, I'm sure you'll realize that through all of it, there is nothing that is going to shake you to the core. Because if you have a, lo if you have a love out there that is permanent and is that strong, nothing is going to break it. Like I said, after I started doing that and turning to him, I realized that, well, there was nothing that could shake me. I began to embrace this change. I was excited anytime there was change afterwards because I was constantly telling him about anything that would happen. And I knew without a doubt that he was going to somehow make it all work out. And of those things that would come and go, I can tell you those things did work out. So I have... My message for you all today is this. To sum up everything I've said for you, or said to you, the one thing about it is that God loves you. He's knocking at your door, and it's just a matter of you letting him in. Because he wants to know every last little detail of you and I's life. So let him in, and talk to him. Talk to him about every last thing under the sun. And so that's my mission for you all today. It's not just a challenge. It is a mission. It's to genuinely invest that time with God. Because when you do that, I believe that you'll find that there is no form of change that will ever come at you and will ever seem to shake you. Because if there is a love out there that is as consistent as God, and there's a change out there that is inevitable and scary, 
this love that is permanent and is willing to go the distance will always be there for you. And it will always win and it will always smooth things over. Because it's the one thing that is truly there for you when you need it. So, I want you all to leave here today with the mission of genuinely investing with time with God. Because when you do that, I believe that you'll find that there is a love that is permanent and that is unshakable. Let's pray together. God, we thank you. We thank you for the love that you've given to us. Through the ups and downs of change, you continue to love us. Whether the change is big or small, you're always there for us. And we thank you for that. It is in your name we pray. Amen.